Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Thank you for your faithfulness in doing this every week. And I hope and pray that as you have worshiped, even in your homes, that this has been a blessing to you. And I just want to thank you all for your love and support during this time. I've received so many emails and text messages and calls just encouraging us in our work. You're part of the team. Thank you for that. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for supporting the work of Riverview Church. And of course, our prayers go out to our frontline workers who have been serving us so faithfully during this time, Uh, to all the paramedics, EMTs, firefighters, police, all, all those who are working at hospitals, serving those who have contracted this virus. And of course, our prayers go out to the families of those that lost loved ones. But we feel like we're coming out of it, amen? Things are opening up again. June 14th is the day that we're reopening, and we are trusting God for a great restart to our church here at our Bonzel campus. With that in mind, let's have a word of prayer as we uh, talk about God's word today. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you how it changes us and informs us and teaches us. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would change us from the inside out. We love you, Lord. This is all for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been in a series entitled Unstoppable, talking about the birth and growth of the New Testament church as the book of Acts has portrayed it. And last week we talked about 2020 vision, Peter's vision of a sheet that came out of heaven that talked about all of these unclean animals. And God said, Peter, arise, kill and eat. And Peter said, no way, Lord, I've never eaten those things. And God told Peter, don't call unclean what I have made clean. And at that moment, some servants from the household of Cornelius came by. They took him to this Roman centurion's home, a Gentile who was, in the eyes of Jews, an unclean person. But Peter realized that this vision of the sheet had more to do with people than with animals and what to eat as Cornelius and his entire household came to faith in Jesus Christ, came to faith in Christ, changed their lives, and not only their lives, but their eternities. And my hope and prayer would be everyone listening today would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that you have placed your faith and trust in the work of Christ on the cross, and you know that it's not by good works that you get to heaven but it's by faith in Jesus Christ and his work for you on the cross that by faith in Christ, you are saved. And the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins are nailed to the cross with Christ. You're forgiven. Your sins are wiped away. You're made as white as snow, holy in God's eyes because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And Peter saw this amazing vision, and it's a great lesson for us. Today I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the beauty of encouragement. There's a guy by the name of Barnabas that pops up throughout the book of Acts, and I love this guy. I want to talk about him a little bit today because the quality that he exhibits, it's so important in the church. Think about your life. Think about people that have impacted your life. I would imagine that none of you would tell me today, hey Mel, I was so changed by this person that rudely criticized me, that that blatantly attacked me and put me down and embarrassed me. 
No, those aren't the people that change your lives. The people that have changed your lives are people that have encouraged you. They've exhorted you. They've challenged you in love. I know that's true of my own life. The people that stand out in specific moments in my life in which I remember being changed and having another aha moment in my walk with Christ, those people that brought those moments to my life were people that encouraged me, that loved me, that wanted the best for me. And Barnabas was like that. And I want to talk about the power of encouragement today. Encouragement is a wonderful biblical quality that should dominate the communication of every follower of Christ. Barnabas, an early believer in the church, was such a follower, and he sets a great example for us. I want to ask you today, are you an encourager? Barnabas had an amazing impact, a wonderful impact in the early church because he truly was an encourager. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 11. We're going to pick it up at verse 19. Acts 11 verse 19, it says this. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution, remember persecution is going on, the believers are scattered, they left Jerusalem, but they took the gospel with them, that arose over Stephen and Stephen's death and his murder, they traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Antioch was north of Jerusalem in the region of Galatia, which is now, I'm sorry, in Asia, which is now modern day Turkey today. And it was there that a church was planted, the first Gentile church. And they spoke to the Hellenists, these people that went there, also preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was upon them. There was a revival in this Gentile church in Antioch, north of Jerusalem. The hand of the Lord was upon them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. All these people were coming to faith in Christ. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent, who are they going to send to encourage these new believers in Antioch, this Gentile church? They wanted to send some, someone who would make a great impact in the lives of these Gentiles. Who would they send? They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all, another word for encouraged them all, to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. A great many people were added to the Lord because of Barnabas' encouragement, his ability to build people up, to teach them and instruct them. See, biblical encouragement is the act of giving hope, comfort, courage, or support to someone, being motivated by your love for Christ. See, because of your love for Christ, you want to encourage other people because you know that Jesus Christ has encouraged you. That's what it says in Philippians chapter 2, amen? It says this, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and he goes on and says, if there is any encouragement in being in Christ, have the same mind, he says in the next phrase. Have the same love towards one another. And of course, there's an encouragement in knowing Christ. I hope you are encouraged today that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, there's troubles in the world. Yeah, there's a pandemic going on. But we are in good hands. Amen? We are in the hands of the almighty creator God of this universe, Jesus Christ. That should encourage you today. That should fill up your life with encouragement. Even in the midst of a trial. And you're so filled up with encouragement that you want to encourage others. See, that's what biblical encouragement is all about. You want to comfort someone. You want to build someone up. You want to strengthen someone because you've been comforted by the Lord. You've been built up by the Lord. You've been strengthened by the Lord. And you want to do that in the lives of others. That's exactly what Barnabas was like. And I I want to look at Barnabas in the various places that we see him in this book of Acts. We actually see him back in Acts chapter 4 when the church was just an infant, just started. And what Barnabas did in the very beginning was he gave of his resources to encourage others. Let's look at the passage. It says this, Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, He sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. See, what Barnabas did is he took something that was his and sold it and said, I want to use my resources to encourage others. I want to use my resources to encourage others. That's what encouragement entails. Someone who is a person that has a generous spirit, that loves to share, Now, it may not be a piece of land. It may be time. You might say, well, Mel, I'm a busy person. I I don't have time to give time to other people. See, that's not a generous spirit. If you're so busy that you can't serve others, uh, the word of God is pretty clear. Then you're too busy. You need to cut out some things in your life. Because there should be a desire in our lives to be like Barnabas, to have a generous spirit. He, He took the land that he owned, sold it, laid it at the apostles' feet, trusted them, and said, hey, Meet the needs of other people with these resources. And by the way, his name was changed by the apostles. Do you see that in the text? It says this, who the apostles called Barnabas, bar is the word for son, nabas is the word for encouragement, son of encouragement. This Barnabas that the church in Acts chapter 11 sent up to Antioch to encourage the new believers, he was an encourager all the way back here. Acts chapter 4. In fact, he was so good at it. He was so good at it, the apostles renamed him Barnabas, son of encouragement. I want to ask you today, if your friends were to give you a new name that reflected the kind of person you were, what would they name you? Son of criticism. Daughter of criticism. Daughter of put-downs. Son of put-downs. Son of insults. Would, would that be the name? Or would people around you say, oh man, son of love, daughter of love, son of encouragement, daughter of encouragement. Would that be the name that people would give you? What, what is the trait that dominates your life? What I love about Barnabas, and it was so needed in the early church. And by the way, it's needed in every church. I am so grateful for all the encouragers that are at Riverview. 
people that encourage them, people that are serving here at Riverview, whether it's in the children's ministry or the adult ministry, the men's ministry, the women's ministry, uh, the, the donut ministry. We all love to encourage them, don't we? Uh, wherever it's at, the youth ministry, children's ministry, so many ministries, and forgive me for not having the time to name them all, but to encourage people around us to build them up by your generous spirit. And if there's someone that's hurting, you have time for them. Yeah, I have time for you. Now, it could be a generosity of resources, of finances, but it also could be a generosity of the gifts and abilities God has given you. Gifts that you have that can be used to build up others. Do you have a generous spirit today? Do you have a spirit that says, yeah, God, I want you to use my gifts to build up others my resources to build up others, the time that I have to build up others. If I see someone that's hurting, help me, God, to not look the other way, to cross the street on the other side, but maybe to pray with a brother or sister here at Riverview that's hurting or to give a call to someone that's discouraged and down, to have a generous spirit that my time is to be used to serve the Lord my talents are to be used to serve the Lord. My resources, my finances used to serve the Lord. That's my primary concern. That's what Barnabas was like. That's why he was so important in the early church. In Acts chapter 11, he was the one person they picked to send up to this new church and encourage the believers that are there. I can't emphasize enough how important encouragement is, how important it is to be a son or daughter of encouragement. Think about how you are with your spouse or if you have kids with your children or grandchildren. You know, I get it. It's sometimes you get frustrated with someone and your flesh wants to act up and you want to attack someone. But the Bible wants us, Jesus wants us to forgive and not, not to allow our anger to get out of control. But to be a person that sees the good in someone and encourages them to be generous with that, to have that generous spirit that Barnabas has. And if someone were to give you the name, what is the nickname they would give you right now for the quality of your life? I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Do you get the theme of that entire passage? Encourage one another. Build one another up. Another way of saying encourage, right? Build one another up. Are you building people up around you? And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. There it is again. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. All of those qualities are qualities that are found around the quality of encouragement. It's all part of that same picture. It's a beautiful mosaic of what we are to be like as Christians. You might say, well, Mel, I'm such a good criticizer. I have the gift of criticism. I'm so good at it. I can go to any church service and find out what's wrong with it. <laughs> I, can, I can see any person and find out what's wrong with them and let people know. Church, Riverview Church, we all know there's no gift of criticism, right? There's no spiritual gift of criticism. 
there is a gift of encouragement. And when you think about encouragement, you know in the back of your mind, it's always coupled with love, right? You don't really encourage someone when you hate them. That doesn't go together. It's a loving attitude that's the foundation of why you encourage others. And that love comes from the God of agape love, of unconditional love, who encouraged us and loved us even when we didn't deserve it. See, the first word encourage is the word parakaleo, called alongside. It's the picture of the Holy Spirit. Jesus calls him the paraclete in the Gospel of John. But it's also a picture of how we should be. We're called alongside others to encourage them like Barnabas did. The the next word encourage in verse 14 is actually a different word. It's paramutheomai, which is a, a different look at the word encouraging. It's to comfort someone. To comfort someone. You see it by what the next words indicate. Encourage the faint-hearted. Hey, we've all been faint-hearted at times. We've all been a little bit exhausted at times spiritually. But if you're like me, I've had believers that have come into my life and have encouraged me when I have felt faint-hearted. When I felt like, oh man, can I really make it through? Can I do this? Can I live for the Lord like he wants me to? To have that comforting attitude that loves to build up people, not rejoice when you see someone hurting, Barnabas was that kind of person right from the beginning. He was there to serve others in the church. He had that beautiful attitude. So here's the lesson. Use your resources for the glory of God and the edification of others. Do you do that? Use your resources for the glorification of God and the edification of others. Here's point number two I love about Barnabas. We see it in Acts chapter 9. Barnabas appears again. It's this, encourage others by seeing the potential, the best in them. Remember the story of Paul, the apostle, uh, coming to faith in Christ, and no one believed it. The other apostles were afraid to meet him. They're like, wait a minute, that's the guy that's persecuting the church. I don't want to meet him. He's probably faking it. He's probably going to act like he's a Christian, find out who we are, then arrest us all. But Barnabas doesn't react like that. I love what it says in this passage. Well, when Paul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. Hey, I'm a believer, disciples. Wait, why are you running away from me? Oh, wait, come back. He couldn't join the disciples. They were afraid of him. They didn't want to be around him. They were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, don't you love that? I love the buts of the Bible, don't you? But Barnabas, but the son of encouragement, what did he do? He took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road to Damascus he had seen the Lord. See, Barnabas put his own safety at risk. He saw the potential in Paul. He believed the best in Paul, that that Paul was telling the truth. Do you see the best in someone? Do you see the potential in others? Barnabas saw the potential of this person that knew the Old Testament inside and out. He believed that this person had come to faith in Christ. Maybe he did a little investigation on his own before he met Saul. But he had the courage to meet him, to bring him to the other disciples and tell the story of how Paul had come to faith in Christ. 
I love that about Barnabas. Welcoming into the body of Christ. You know, we say we're a friendly church at Riverview Church, right? That we're a friendly church. May we always reflect the love of Christ, that everyone that walks on campus, on the church campus, feels the love of Christ, that we're all like Barnabas, that we reach out to people and welcome them. If we don't know them, we can go up and say, hi, I don't know you. My name's Mel, what's yours? To show the love of Christ. I can't tell you how much that means to people when they are new here at the church and they're, they're just walking up to the building for the first time and there are people that are welcoming them receiving them, that you are a Barnabas reaching out and believing the best in someone, seeing the potential in that person that's come to the church. We don't know their background yet. We're just getting to know them. We're going to welcome them because we know the power of God to change lives. How do we know the power of God to change lives? Because he's changed mine and he's changed yours. And we've seen that power in action. And we want others to experience that as well. See, Barnabas believed the best in Paul. Welcomed him, introduced him to the other disciples. He wasn't afraid of him. And so here's the key. Reach out and connect people with the Lord and with one another. The best that you can do, reach out to people. Connect them with the Lord and to one another. Maybe while you're on the patio here at the church, this person's new. Hey, Bill, come over here. I want you to meet a new person. I want you to meet this new person. Hey, Jane, come over here. There's a new person I want you to meet. Start connecting people with one another. Help them to see that we truly do have a love for people like Jesus loves people. He died on the cross for everyone. That's what I love about Barnabas. He wasn't afraid. I'm going to reach out to Paul. I'm going to find out what's going on. And I'm going to introduce him to all the other apostles who were so afraid, didn't want to meet him. He trusted the Lord, trusted God in that process. And he helped Paul connect with other believers. Here's the third thing I see in the life of Barnabas. Encourage others to grow stronger in their walk with the Lord. We're back to chapter 11 right now. Just spilled my water. We're back to chapter 11 right now. He was sent to Antioch, and what did he do? He goes up there and encourages them, exhorts them in their walk with the Lord. You know, that is the ultimate encouragement, by the way. Yeah, it's nice to welcome people to church. It's nice to reach out to people. It's nice to be uh, nice to people at the market, around town. But here is the ultimate encouragement to point people to Jesus to help them in their walk with the Lord, just like Barnabas does here in Antioch, in that first Gentile church. He exhorts them in their walk with the Lord to stay close to the Lord. I want to ask you, as a parent today, some of you might be parents out there, is the number one passion you have for your children, for them to know the Lord and to walk with the Lord, even better than straight A's, even better than being the high scorer on the basketball team or the soccer team or the football team. Your desire, your greatest passion, your greatest joy, what you're most concerned about is where your kids are at spiritually. And they know that. They know that's your passion. See, that's what Barnabas longed to do when he went to Antioch. He longed to exhort these new Christians to stay strong in their walk with the Lord to challenge them in that way, 
to remain faithful. And then he says this in verse 23. Remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Don't give up. Don't think about giving up. Man, you're in this walk, and yeah, there are times when it's going to be challenging. Don't give up. Remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose because the reality is you will not regret it. You won't regret it. The greatest encouragement you can be to someone is to encourage them lovingly in their walk with Christ, just like Barnabas did here in Antioch. That was how he exercised his gift of encouragement most perfectly, I believe, in that he encouraged people in their walk with God. Friends that you have, do they know that's your passion? Do they know that the most important thing to you is to know that they're still walking with the Lord? And you're praying for them and you want to encourage them and they can encourage you because, by the way, encouragement is a two-way street. I'm sure Barnabas, as he was encouraging the church, they were encouraging him, saying, Barnabas, thank you for uh, challenging us to remain faithful with steadfast purpose. It's amazing how God blesses you so much more than he even blesses those that you minister to. Because you're amazed that God can somehow use you to encourage others. Are, Are you concerned about that in the lives of others? Like Barnabas was. He loved going to Antioch and encouraging the believers. See, Antioch was right up there in the northern part of this area here. Here's Jerusalem. Here's Antioch. He went up there and encouraged these believers. And it says this, the report came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas. That's the one person they picked. And what did he do? Exhorted them all to remain faithful. That's what we want to do in our walk with Christ. 1 Thessalonians reiterates that teaching. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Riverview Church, let's be concerned about where people are at spiritually. It's not enough for people to think, oh, what a nice person that person is that goes to Riverview. But to take it beyond that, like we talked about a little bit last week, question evangelism. I talked about that in my devotional this past week. Question evangelism, asking, hey, what do you believe about Jesus? I want to know, where do you stand with that. If you stood before God today and God said, why should I let you in heaven? What would you say? To go beyond just the reaction that your friends have, that you're a nice person, but to be very concerned about where this person is at spiritually. That's the greatest way to encourage someone is to be that witness that can point them to Jesus and allow God to do a work that will ultimately change their lives. That's what encouragement is all about. So prioritize your passion to see others walk more closely with Christ. And when that happened, we see in the text here in the book of Acts, it says this, after they sent Barnabas, and a great many people were added to the Lord. There's a power that comes with encouragement. A great many people were added to the Lord. Why? Because they don't see that in the world. Encouragement is so lacking. People are so good. I don't know if you're like me when I was a kid. Man, you're too tall, too thin, nose too big, ears too big. Always something to something. And your self-image is so damaged. But when people 
encounter those that have been changed by the love of Christ, there's a power in encouragement. There's a power in encouragement. Great many people were added to the Lord. Here's number four. It's this. Encourage others by connecting them with God's work and ministry. Encourage others by connecting them with God's work and ministry. In the same passage that we're in, Acts chapter 11, Antioch is exploding with Christians. What does Barnabas do? Barnabas, after they, they had heard him challenge them to remain faithful and, uh, and do that with steadfast purpose, he goes off and finds Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. He had to get Paul involved in this. Paul, you got to come to Antioch. There's a great work happening. You need to see this. He connected Paul with an amazing ministry. I love what it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. That we're not to neglect getting together with one another, but we're to come together and be begin to connect people in ministries and in maybe Bible studies that bless you. Hey, you got to come to this Bible study. I love this Bible study. You'll be blessed by it. Barnabas did that in the life of Paul. Hey, come to Antioch. You've got to see what's going on. Come and, come and help me teach these people. I need you. I've got to connect you in this ministry. I love that quality about Barnabas. He wasn't there saying, hey, these people love me. I'm going to do this all by myself. I'm going to be the superstar teacher here and do this all by myself. No, he brings Paul, who was a gifted teacher, to Antioch and connects him with this vital ministry. So help others to see how they can be used by God to change lives for Christ. Help others to see that. Not only here at Riverview, but wherever you encounter Christians. When you see qualities in their life that challenge you. And here's the last thing today. Encourage others by your forgiving and positive spirit. Barnabas goes on a missionary journey, the first one with Paul. They, this is what they do. Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And they brought along with them a guy by the name of John, also known as John Mark. He's the same Mark that wrote one of the Gospels. They brought this young guy with. He hadn't written the Gospel yet. He was a young man. They brought him with on the first missionary journey. But during this missionary journey, it was a two-year journey, John Mark abandoned, left, Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Paul, he abandoned the trip. He quit. And that angered Paul. It angered Paul. But Barnabas still saw the potential in this young man. Later in Acts chapter 15, we'll touch on it later, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark on the second missionary journey that they would go on. But Paul thought it not best not to take him with uh, because he had withdrawn from them and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. See, Barnabas was all about, hey, this guy's a young guy. I see potential in him. I forgive him for abandoning us. I want to give him a second chance. I want to give him a second chance. Paul would have none of it. And there was such a sharp disagreement between Barnabas and Paul that they separated. But we later find out that Barnabas was right. How do we know that? 
Well, because this is what Paul writes later on in the book of 2 Timothy. This is his later opinion of that same young man. He says this, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark. Yeah, you know the guy that abandoned us, that quit on us? Barnabas, you took him and gave him another chance? Barnabas, you were right. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Very useful to me for ministry. I love that aspect of encouragement that Barnabas demonstrates. He gives this young man a second chance. And Mark would later go on to write one of the four Gospels that we find in the Bible. All because Barnabas didn't allow him to stay a failure. But he allowed him to take part in another missionary journey with Barnabas. So seek to break down tensions and walls between people. Forgive people. Give them another chance. Don't hold grudges. Paul was wrong. Barnabas was right because he had a heart to encourage people. Now what? Let me go through quickly. I want to encourage you to give words of sincere affection to those around you. That's how we can encourage. What do those words look like? Hey, I love you. Do you say that? It breaks my heart when someone tells me. I have a family member, relative, that told me when she grew up, she never heard the words, I love you, from her father, ever in her whole life. Do you tell people around you, sincerely, I love you? Do you tell your spouse every day, sincerely, I love you? To encourage your spouse? See, that's, that's the foundation of the Christian life. That agape love. Encourage your spouse. I'm thankful for you. I thank the Lord for you. Those are encouraging words. I'm proud of you. I missed that one up top. Words of sincere affection. Here's the second thing. Words of genuine affirmation. Hey, I want to see you do this or that. I see that gift in you. Why don't you try that? You should work with the kids at Riverview. You have a real gift with children. Keep going. You're a, a great teacher. You're a great servant. You're a great administrator. Keep going. Affirm what you see in others. That was excellent how you taught those kids that lesson. They were hanging on your every word. Can you be that encourager? Can you encourage your spouse like that? Genuine. That was great how you just took the kids and and spent time with them. They loved that. That was so good to be an encourager. Here's the next thing. Words of edifying correction. Hey, let me show you something that might help you. You're not quite doing it right. You're doing it. It's okay. Let me show you how I can do it even better. To me, that's always been a real encouragement to me. Hey, let me show you how I can do that a little bit better. Really good. Keep giving it your best effort. You're really improving. Here's something you can try. Say it in humility and love. When you have an insight into something that someone else is doing, not to say it with a prideful spirit, but to go over to that person, come alongside that person, and be that loving encourager to that person. That were those words of edifying correction. And lastly, words of lasting commitment. Hey, I'm here for you. I will always love you. You can come to me with any problem. Parents with children. Sometimes you have a kid that goes off from walking with the Lord. Hey, I still love you, but you know where I stand. You can come to me with any problem. And I'll give you as best I can the perspective of what the Word of God says and the wisdom that God gives me. You can come to me with any problem. I'm always here for you. I'm always loving you. 
Even if I don't approve of everything you do, as if you have an adult child like that, to be that kind of encourager to that adult child in the home, to, to be there and, and tell the kids, I am here by your side. I, I want to see you grow up to be the young man, the young woman that God has called you to be. That, that kind of encourager. You could probably fill in the exact scenarios better than I can. But church, we need to encourage. We need to encourage. We need to be encouragers. Encouragers are needed. So when we come back together again, let's be sure to be like Barnabas, that son of encouragement. Riverview Church, love you. Two Sundays away from being back together again, And I'm excited about what God is going to do. Let me pray together with you. Lord, I thank you for Barnabas. What a great example of someone who impacted the church early on. And I'm sure there were many people in the church that said, I want to be like Barnabas. I want to encourage people like Barnabas does. Lord, may we have that same attitude. And Lord, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be part of your family. And we give you all the praise and all the glory because you deserve it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Review Church, love you. Live this week. All for him.